0: Welcome to the podcast with the AgencyBud.com system. Let's get growing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Business and People podcast. This is episode 55. It is a great pleasure to introduce Mr. Ben Baker to the show. Now, Ben is the president of Your Brand Marketing. He's a published author and focuses on a lot of things, but uh, predominantly he focuses on employee retainership, making sure that the workplace culture is one that really emphasizes the founders visions and goals making sure that everybody's buying into that but also On a personal branding mission, making sure that who you are and what you do is congruent in the message that you're delivering out to the marketplace. Now, that's massively important because it makes sure that what you're saying is congruent with what you're doing. And we're going to talk with Ben about how he helps people grow their brand, how he helps them with business, and of course, his story. So it gives me a great pleasure to introduce to the show, Mr. Ben Baker. Ben, thanks so much for joining us. What a great introduction. I love it. Thanks for having me on the show, Walt. Hey, thanks, man. It's, it's great to have you here. Now, I've, I've looked through your bio. You, for for yeah. a start, let's, let's focus on your brand marketing because you've built that from nothing. Over the last 12 years, how did you get into a, a company or how did you decide to start a company focusing on branding and personal branding to grow that to the point that it is today?
1: Well, I've been in the communications game for about 25 years now. Mm-hmm. I started off about 25 years ago. I got out of high tech about, I was in high tech. I was flying about 200 days a year. I was the, you know, the super elite. If if I had a, if I need to get on a plane and you were in my seat, you were out and I was in, Wow! You know, it was, it was just, it was a brutal life. It was fun when we first got married, but my wife and I looked at each other and said, this is probably a divorce waiting to happen. And I, <laughs> I, I got out of the high tech industry and I'm I'm actually glad I did. But what I did is I took a, what do you want to be when you grow up Training. I had a buddy of mine who was an industrial psychologist and he ran me through a huge battery test. You know, what do you want to be when you grow up? What, what are you good at? What are you really passionate about? What do you love to do? And what I like to do is I love to tell stories. I love to tell other people's stories. I love mm. to help them understand who they are, what they do, why they do it, and why other people should care. Mm. And that's where we drove into marketing. And the first thing I did was I killed a lot of trees. I got into the direct, about 25 years ago, I got into the direct mail business Uh and, you know, big presses, huge roll to roll presses running at, you know, 35, 50,000 sheets an hour, you know, just, you know, just killing a lot of trees And just putting out an enormous amount of direct mail. And it was a lot of fun. It really was. And I still keep my hand in it. Every once in a while, I'll do a direct mail job, you know, usually through a buddy of mine who has a company just to keep my hand in it.
0: Okay. But
1: what I realized was before you can tell your story, you got to understand what your story is. And I realized before you can market, before you can advertise, you truly absolutely need to know what your brand is. Mm. You know, what is that what is it that makes you unique? What is it that makes you special? Who are you special to? And really why should they care? So, about well, I guess it's 12 years ago now, when I got, you know, when I left the company I was working for and went out on my own, it it just was it was time to make that change. And my customers were really wanting me to make that change. And that's really where the impetus of your brand marketing came out. Now, I will tell everybody starting a company in January 2008 in the middle of the biggest recession that our, our generation has ever seen probably wasn't the best idea.
0: In hindsight. But,
1: you know, that's hindsight, but my customers took care of me. And you know what? I had trust. I had relationships. I had good customers that took care of me. And
0: 12 years later, we're still around. So it's, it's, it's a great thing. So one of the things that I saw on your site, Ben, was that um, uh, you, you had a comment there, which was, Um, storytelling is not a passing phase Mm -hmm. and in terms of so you're looking at the the um, the concept that people need to understand what their story is before they can tell it in a way that engages their customers do you find that as you start working with a company that that takes a bit of digging or do you find that the founder knows what their story is but nobody else does like how when when you start working with someone what's the what's the norm in terms of starting working with a with a company well the bigger the company is
1: the more convoluted things are right okay there are, there are very few very large corporations that truly can go into any office at any time and say right what's our brand story and have people get it right mm. and it's just a matter of that's onboarding, that's culture, that's communication, that's leadership. And it's just the fact that a lot of companies don't tell a brand story. They, they have these lofty mission and vision statements mm. where you know 12 people get around a room where they go away for a weekend and they, they come up with these six pithy words and a, two sentences of a mission statement. And they say, they go, yeah, that's who we are. That's great. But they don't live it.
0: What? Well, okay. They don't live
1: the statement. These are, these are things that they, you know, they'll say these things, they'll create them and then they'll go up on a wall somewhere or they'll get put in a binder somewhere, but they don't get lived throughout the organization. Every single decision isn't through it. You know, they're not using this in terms of their onboarding, or if they are, that's the last time an employee hears those words. It has to be done day after day, week after week, year after year, have to be retelling that story. And you have to allow your employees to be able to tell the story in their own words, because when they do, it resonates with them. They'll rec- they'll remember it, they'll recall it and they'll live it instead of it just being words on a page somewhere.
0: Is it too late, Ben? So I can hear, I can hear a company owner right now who's got 30 employees. He's been doing business for 15 years and he says, it's too late, Ben. Like we've been we've been in the marketplace for so long we just do what we do and they, you know accept what we accept is it too late at any point to redefine the vision and to redefine the story of the company
1: i've rebranded story you know companies that have been 85 years old
0: wow there you go yeah
1: okay. you know, I've, I've had companies where the grandchildren are now the owners where grandpa took you know started the company you know 85 years earlier mm. They don't do the same things they did 85 years ago. They don't do business the same way. Their customers are not the same. The, you know, the, the products that they put into the table are different. You know, and with that, the brand story needs to evolve. So there is no time out there where it's too late. Wow. It really comes down to sit there going, where are you today and where do you want to go? You know, your brand story is not just where you are today. Mm. It's where did you come from? what got you to where you are today? What was the, you know, what was the good, the bad and the ugly that happened along the way? Who do you serve? What do you do? Why do you do it? Who do you do it for? And more importantly, where are you going? Yeah. Because if people within your company understand where you're going, if they understand what they do matters, and what they do is important to the benefit of the company and you help the company grow towards their official goal or their, their goals. You're going to become more engaged. Mm. You're going to be engaged. You're going
0: to want to stay with the company and you're going to want to grow with the company. I want to, and those to things are important. I'll come back to that in a second, because the other thing that I saw on your site and um, and it's fascinating to me. So I want to come back to it is the 70% of, of, uh, employees, are disengaged. And we've talked about that with previous guests. So I want to come back to that in just a second. So um, let, me, let me do that. But before I do, can I ask you then, is it too early? So we covered, is it too late? No, never. We can redefine that story at any point in time to make sure that we're all aligned. We're all driving down the same path. Is it too early? I'm a founder. I'm just getting started. Um, I've got a concept. You know, maybe I haven't even registered my, my business yet. I'm about to go out on my own. Um, what the heck do I need a brand story for? You
1: need a brand story because that's what's gonna when you have employee number one, two, five, ten, twenty, it's gonna be important. Yeah. When it's just you, your brand story is what differentiates you. If when you're starting a company ground one, day one, your brand story is this is who I am, this is what I do, this mm-hmm. is why I do it, and this is where I'm going, and this is how I help you, Mr. and Mrs. Customer. Yeah. That's your brand story when you're starting out. Mm -hmm. That brand story will change. But when you hire employee one, the only way you're going to get them to be able to be in lockstep with what you're doing and believe what you believe and be able to speak in your language is if they have, if you and they have a common story. So what? it's a matter of it's a matter of using it to onboard and to have something that resonates. So when they're out there talking to their customers, they're speaking the same
0: language that you are. And to really to buy into the message of the company, do you know Absolutely. as a, as a company founder myself and 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 yourself as well? So let's let's talk at that level. Do you find it difficult personally? And so you can address it personally, or you know, from clients that you've worked with. Do you find it difficult to? to engage employees in the brand story because and and let me preface that by saying um from from personal experience when i used to work for a company i would tend to say that 90 percent of the employees in that in my personal experience were there for a paycheck they were there because they got a job you know they were looking that's a skill set that i have they got a job they signed up they get started and you might i don't want to put words into your mouth but Obviously, there's a there's a reason that your company is so successful, is because a lot of companies find themselves in that same space. So do you find it difficult then to to bring in and onboard employees in a way that really buys into that brand story, as opposed to, hey, we've got an admin role, can you just sit there and answer the phones? Here's
1: the challenge. Most entrepreneurs, most founders of companies. Are in a business because they absolutely are passionate about something. Yeah. The thing that they're probably not passionate about is leading a team, you know, training a team, onboarding teams, you know, motivating teams, being being that leader. They they got in because not what they got into business for. No, that's not what they got into business for. Most people who are entrepreneurs and and that's why a lot of small business people remain small business people, Mm. you know, because it's, it's an Achilles heel Yeah, because you don't know how to manage people and managing people is tough.
0: There's, There's a million training routes that people can go down to, to look at that, that training people. But is there a, is there a quick fix from your perspective? Is there a, um, You know what? Even if you've never been in a leadership position before or you're struggling, here's a good way, here's a good framework to work with. Have you found that? Here's a good thing
1: trust your people, take care of your people, empower your people, and they will take care of your
0: customers. Beautiful.
1: It's really that simple.
0: If that's all you focus on, that John and Mary and Fred and Joe are your people and you look after yeah. them in alignment with your own brand story and your own vision for the future, they will then do the right thing by the company and by the customers. Is that about right? Exactly. It's too many people that own companies tend
1: to micromanage because they're not going to do it exactly the way I want to. <laughs> and they're not. Never. Here's the Never thing. Never in a million years. No, I remember Gary Vaynerchuk saying this is that, No employee is ever going to treat your company the same way you do because they don't own it. Yeah. They don't. If you want employees to think of your company exactly the same way that you do, you need to give them an ownership stake. Yeah. and It's really that simple. Equal to yours if you want the passion to be equal to yours. Exactly. So all you can do is motivate, train, and empower your people. Mm-hmm. say this is what we do this is why we do it this is who we do it for these are the things that we stand for this is what's important to us this is how we truly help our clients you know i trust you to do the right thing and just let them do the do what they were what you trained them and what and what you hired them to do
0: you i know, heard a a very very uh qualified ceo um, that we were, had the pleasure to interview a little while ago, saying when it comes to delegation, don't tell them how to do it. Just ask them to perform the task. So in other words, exactly. don't don't say please do it this way. One, two, three, four, five. Unless it's imperative that something is done in that specific way and that specific order. But in terms of ownership and owning the task and owning the the role that they have, if you back that down a little bit and simply say, hey, by the end of the week we need to have this done, all yours. And yeah. let somebody to have the, the trust and the ownership to, to move that forward in their own way. How do you feel about that?
1: And one more step and why. Okay.
0: This is what we need
1: to be done by the end of the week and this is why we need it done by the end of the week. Right. And This, this is, is why it's important. And why we need it done by that particular time. Exactly. And even if you're giving somebody a step-by-step process and you say, listen, we need it done, this, 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 and this. And this is why. Yeah, right. So yep. make This
0: is now, why we do it this way. So that's statistic. 70% of people are disengaged at work. And, and again, I've, I've heard that. I've seen that. Yep. Uh, I've experienced that. Um, so 70% of people are disengaged. Do you feel that by the way of communication with your team, you can change that? Yes. Yeah.
1: You've seen Absolutely that. Absolutely do. You know, to me, it all comes down to leadership. mm And and whether it's frontline leadership, whether it's mid-level leadership, whether it's senior leadership, whatever, it comes down to know, like, and trust your people. You need to listen to them, you need to understand them, and you need to value them. Mm. If people feel that they're listened to, they're understood, and they're valued, if they feel that they matter, if they feel that the work that they do actually matters, and that the work that they do is actually helping the company succeed, and they're motivated to do this, they're mentored to do this, they're coached to do this, and they're rewarded for doing this, they're going to be, they're going to be engaged. Yeah. Nobody wants to be out there looking for a job. Nobody, mm-hmm. nobody, nobody wants to be sitting there with their resume in their hand, hoping that they're the one that's going to be hired of one of 100 you know, resumes that's out there. Mm. You know, I would much rather stay with the company that I am if I'm being treated well. Yeah, sure if I'm valued mm-hmm. but if I'm not being valued if all I am is another you know another number you're just one more person that could either get hired or fired tomorrow why would I show a company any loyalty if they're not showing any loyalty to me
0: yeah definitely and again I, I keep coming back to to the research I did before the show but um, the other the other comment there on the site which is um, which is prevalent is that losing an employee prematurely or, or at any point in time can cost a company a hundred thousand dollars. So in terms of bottom line impact, you know, this kind of stuff is, it really does. It really does matter. And can I take you back 12 years? As you said, 20 20, two Oh Oh eight. You've decided to go out on your own. As you said, you, your customers were, were good to you. What did the first, what was the, what were the first things that you had to do to start your business? Well, for me, it was process.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a big believer in process and procedures and having th- systems in place to make things easier. Mm-hmm. The first thing I did was I built my brand. The okay. first thing I absolutely did is I sit there and said, okay, and it's beyond having a logo and a color palette. Yeah. Most people think that a logo and a color palette is a brand. Those are avatars and their colors. That's yeah. all they are. Mm-hmm. It's understanding who are the people that I help. Okay. What makes me valuable to them? Why should these people care? And I know I keep going back to it, but it it is mission critical to understand who your clients are and who they're not. Okay. There's seven and a half billion people out there in the world. Most of them will never care about you, Mm -hmm. and that's okay.
0: Yeah. You only need a handful.
1: Okay. Go ahead. No no no, you
0: only need a handful you only I mean you only need a handful
1: if 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 fifty people called me tomorrow and said ben we've we've got a fifty thousand dollar contract that we we need to handle right away, and I had fifty of those going at the same time i couldn 't handle
0: it no exactly you 're done there's not a single person that would be able to get the service that they need at that no. level so exactly yeah, so, so coming back so um, defining who your customers are, defining who your customers aren't, and then so we've got we've got a story in terms of who you'll be in the marketplace. And, and what did you do from there? Did you assemble a team? Did you have a team? Did you go out, get a few clients, then need to, to scale up? Like what was the, the step? Well, I was lucky that
1: where I was, because I was still in the communication business that I was before, mm. a lot of my clients followed me. I got, I got lucky. I mean, I put a note out that said, you know, uh, brand new name, same great service. Nice. And you know, I had clients there that I had for a decade. And they all followed me. I would say that of say a hundred clients, probably about eighty-five or ninety followed me.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. Um, you
1: know, when I left.
0: How and I was did quite lucky. Like,
1: uh, quite honestly, a lot of them are still with me twelve years later. So I've got clients that are over tw- you know, that are over 20 years old. Yeah, wow. And the reason is is because I take the time to understand who my clients are and what they care about. Yeah. What's important to them. How do they want to be treated? What makes them tick? What are the things that they need to have and when do they need to have? them? Like I have government clients, hmm. government clients all revolve around March 31st in Canada. Okay? Right, okay. That's government year end. They okay. need to spend their budget by that date. And if they don't spend the money, they lose it. Right. So they need to figure out how can I get my money spent? How can I make sure it's taken care of? Not only is, is the job complete, but it's invoiced properly yep. and you know, everything is in the right place and everything's done properly. And it's all about making sure that you understand their policies and procedures. And what does it take to
0: make them look good? That's a really and- interesting point. I, 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 think if there's, it doesn't matter if there's the people who are listening to this, their product is a product or a service or whatever, that in depth knowledge of how is my product or service impacting my customers, what do they want from me to be able to, to deliver? I mean, to be able to keep a client for 20 years, um, means that every single time that invoice comes through and the finance department is looking at the, at the cost, they pay it happily. And yeah. the only, the only way that that occurs in my opinion, and, and, you know, just reflecting back what you're saying there is that you genuinely, and, and we're talking to everybody on the show, whatever it is that you're doing, is is of such high value to the end customer that mm-hmm. they they beg to pay the invoice. Please, Ben, make sure that you know next month we're still a client. Well, and
1: that's important. It's it's value. It's not price. Yeah, sure. I will guarantee you, if I'm the cheapest person out there, I've made a mistake on my quote. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and someone should accept I, that quote quickly so they can work with you at a
1: very cheap. quickly. Work with me because <laughs> you know what. Obviously, I've made a mistake somewhere in the quote. I I pride myself that I am never the cheapest. I'm never the most expensive, but I'm certainly never the cheapest. Mm. My goal is always to provide value Mm -hmm. for what I do, and it's value in the minds of my customer. What is it going to take for them to look good to their bosses? What is it going to make them to make sure that what I do – positively uh impacts their customers yeah nice you because know, that's what it's all about if you can make people look good if you can make it easy to work with you if you can make sure that they feel that they're taken care of
0: the price argument goes away yeah definitely Always and if definitely. it
1: doesn't you're dealing with the wrong
0: clients absolutely and, and your or your service or value offering isn't at the point that it should be um absolutely so Ben, you've, you've then created this amazing company that, you know, has been able to keep, keep clients for 20 years and, um, and grow with you. Knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? What would I do differently? Let me ask that a different way. Were there, go ahead. I, I'm sure that along that journey, in every entrepreneur's journey, there's been moments when you go, whoops, <laughs> that didn't quite pan out the way it should. Yeah. Um, what was the, what was the biggest whoops that you've made? What did you learn from that? Like, what are some of the lessons from a business owner's point of view, a business growth point of view that you've come to know now?
1: I think within one client, I got complacent. Okay. I, I will be perfectly honest. I got, yeah. I got to a point where I assumed I knew what they wanted and what they needed and what was, you know, what was important to them. Interesting. So how did you, new, how did
0: that come to play? How,
1: what, like, well, what new people do? came into the organization. Yeah. You know, and new decision makers, um, and new you know, okay, you know things things changed within the company, and their dynamics changed. And instead of me really listening and being aware of what the change was, I was complacent in where, where things have always been. And what happened? You know what? I lost a portion of their business. Wow. I didn't lose all their business. Yeah but i certainly lost a, a you know a large opportunity um and one of my competitors ended up getting it because they had the relationship they asked the right questions they were you know they were putting something forward that i just wasn't aware of and you know it happens it it happens to the best of us it happens to the worst of us yeah you know we always need to be aware that things are changing there is no given there is no absolute just because the way things were that way doesn't mean that that's the way they are or that's not the way they're going to be and people move within companies relationships change needs change priorities change politics within companies change and if you're not always keeping an eye on that you're in trouble
0: how has that manifested in what you do at your brand marketing? So, taking that story, the fact that you there was a client that you were you got complacent, you know, obviously their needs had changed and moved. What do you do now at yourbrandmarketing.com to make sure that that doesn't happen again? My attitude
1: is, if I haven't had a face-to-face conversation, whether it's a Zoom chat or whether it's face you know face-to-face or whatever, every ninety days with my clients. I assume I don't know them.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: You know, I assume that if every 90 days, I haven't had some type of one-on-one touch to sit there and say, how are things going? What's coming up? What's new? What are you guys looking at for the next quarter or the next year? Or the, you know, Mm or, or, you know, new projects, what customers are coming up, you know, all those types of questions. If I'm not asking that every 90 days or so, I'm assuming mentally I'm out of the loop.
0: And, and I may not
1: be, but sometimes it's just checking that?
0: in. Is that you personally handling that? Or is that an account manager? Or is that part of one of your team? Or are you yeah. on the phone with someone? Are you driving out to their business? I, I'm doing it myself. I mean, we're small enough an organization
1: that you know, the work really goes through me. Yeah, I used to, when I was before 2008, when I was with another company, we had 30 staff Mm -hmm. and I had sales reps and, you know, account managers and all that kind of stuff. And you're right. I mean, you really had to go out with them once a quarter, you know, to the major accounts and be able to make sure that you were having those conversations. Otherwise you're out of touch or out of the way out of touch. Now, you know, I don't, have a lot of clients I have a lot of really good clients and I have a lot of very large
0: clients yeah nice
1: and you know so it's my ability to actually have those conversations one-on-one is possible
0: yeah sure and I don't
1: want I don't want to have 500 clients I don't want to have a thousand clients it's not where I want to be I don't I don't need to be a 50 million dollar business
0: yeah sure sure I had uh, an interview with a very successful lawyer and I said um How's business? And he said, I have too many clients and too small, and that's that's the same thing. Like it was, you know, from a services business, and especially especially as an entrepreneur, you know, I think we uh, one of the things that we all need to do as collectively is define the kind of business that we want. You know, yeah. for for some of us, um, it's we want to list publicly, IPOs. You know, take the hundred million dollar buyout and buy the the hydrogen yacht as Bill Gates has just looked at for 640 million, you know, that that's kind of, that's a a specific path. And, but I wouldn't say that's the majority for the most part, Mm -hmm. for the most part, the entrepreneurs that I speak to, they want a comfortable and happy life and they want to be able to have some sort of legacy to pass on um, Mm -hmm. as they're moving forward. So defining the kind of business that you want. And, and it comes back to what you were saying before, who is my client and who is not my client, being able to, to, Start your business or or grow your business in a way that that you mentioned before that is not a divorce waiting to happen. That's not yep. a you know that's not a um a hundred eight hundred hour a week heart attack. That it is the the way that that you want things to be. So um, where did the book fit into that, Ben? How did how did the book come to be, and how did you how did you get published? How did you become an author in this? Yeah.
1: Two, three years ago, I, I do a lot of work in the universities and what I do is I go up there and I do a lot of volunteering and one of the universities that, that I work with has a day on a quarterly basis that I never miss. And what you do is you go up there and you do networking skills with the client, with the, with the, with the third year students and also interview skills. Okay. Yeah. So you, you, you run them through, uh, two or three hours of, of networking and then you run them through two or three hours of, of interviewing. Wow. And it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun, you know, because they get a lot out of it. I get a lot of out of it. You get to see the passion. You get to see what, you know, what, what's going on in the next generation. Awesome. I find that most of these kids are extremely smart.
0: Yeah.
1: Most of these kids cannot tell you what their, what their true value is who they're valuable to and why. Yeah. Okay. And that's, it just comes with you. I'm sure at 18, 19, 20 years old, I couldn't either. No, exactly. It's It's hard to know
0: where your feet are on the ground.
1: Exactly. At that point in time, all you're trying to do is make that next paycheck or, you know, get that first job. Yeah. And that's, that's what you're trying to do. You know, your, your third year university, you're, you're trying to finish up your schools. You're trying to get, you know, that first job. It's you time. haven't had this, the life skills yet yeah. to be able to be comfortable enough in your own skin for the most part. Yeah. There are kids that are, but the most of them aren't. And I went looking for a book to help them and I couldn't find anything I liked. So I wrote it. Wow. And this book is stories from my life, lessons that I have learned. And at the end of each chapter, I pose a question and I bought two or three pages of blank lines for you to put in your own answers.
0: Wow. How awesome is that?
1: And what I also did is I tapped about 10 or 12 friends of mine on the shoulder who are entrepreneurs. And I said, here's four questions. Answer them. Nice. And I said, I don't care if you give me 500 words or 2,000 words. You know, you decide how long or how short you want this to be. And I made each one of those a chapter. So all 12 people answered the same questions. That's a great way. to Their own way. Yeah. And what it really does is it's a 200 pages of just all sorts of experience. Wow. And, and here's some things about life and, you know, who you are and things that you should be thinking about things like, what are you passionate about Mm. and why are you passionate about it? Yeah. You know, what are the three movies that you absolutely love in life and why do you love them? Nice. You know? Who are the teachers that you learned from? Never mind the, the subjects. Who are the people that actually really taught you the life lessons that you're going to remember for 20 years? Wow. Like I, I still have teachers in high school and university that I couldn't tell you what we learned in terms of the subject matter, but they taught me incredible life lessons that are wow. amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can think of a few myself. So, um, guys, if you're listening to this, um, you can go to your and just go to the authors section and you can, uh, you can pick up a copy of Ben's book, which is, yep. uh, which is powerful personal brands. And Ben's got a lot of other stuff there. So you can actually, you can get in touch with Ben. So again, it's your and you can also download for free 10 ways to increase employee engagement straight away. So if you've got people on your team or you ever plan to have people on your team or, Let's go with this. If you are on a team and you want better engagement at your workplace, you can also pick that up as well. 10, ten ways to increase employee engagement. Grab Ben's book. There is powerful personal brands. So Ben, from your position now, what's what's next for you? Where where will we see you when you grow up? Well, the that's where we started, is, right? Uh, what do you want to be? That's when you're right. Not, I might get older. I'm not planning on growing up. No, it's okay. I, go but on. ask
1: my wife. I'm never going to grow up. She, no. She's got a Peter Pan forever. Uh, we just created a series of online courses. The, the best course is how to retain employees through leadership. Mm. And it, what I did is I took my two day intensive workshop and I turned it into 23 videos and a 50 page workbook. And wow. that's also available on my website. Well done. And it's, it's designed for first time leaders, leaders that are that want to become better leaders mm. to be able to understand how to lead properly. You know, for me it's it's work it's it's one on one or team workshops I, I absolutely love. I love keynote addresses. I, you know, I love the doing the consulting. My clients are North American, and worldwide. And what I love to do is help teams get better. I love helping companies communicate more effectively. I help love helping them engage, retain, and grow employees. Awesome. That's 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 what is and what's next.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic, mate. And I can see that the, the passion that you started your brand marketing with is still with you very much today. I mean, you must get a kick out of, of working with businesses and, you know, d- helping them move their worlds forward.
1: I absolutely do. I absolutely do. I'd love love to get down to Australia. I'm I'm hoping to come down and do some business in, in August. So nice. we'll see whether we can get some people that are you know maybe some of your listeners are, are interested in having me come down. So
0: fantastic. Well, make sure you keep in touch, man, and we'll we'll, we'll happily uh, shout you a dinner when you're down here and see if we can. Oh, uh, that'd be awesome. Organize some people to come and chat with you as well, Ben. I am absolutely thrilled to 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 chat to you. I love the message that you have with creating that story behind the personal brand of a company and then each individual role in terms of leadership and in terms of engagement. And I guess if we took a survey of, of entrepreneurs across the globe and we said, what are you what are you hoping for in life? Their predominant answer is happiness. You know what I mean? And you would hope. You know, exactly. <laughs> Exactly, and being able to to uh, engage those employees or create that happiness in a work environment means that there's a lot more of that to go around in any in any world. So I love what you what you're putting out there, mate. And again, from a branding perspective, it's taken me a, a long time to understand that branding is not just, as you said, a logo and a business card, but branding is the the back story behind what we do and where we are. Um, So again, I appreciate the opportunity to come and chat to you about that. I think that's such a a fascinating thing. Um, Guys, if if you are listening, you want to keep in touch with Ben, you can head on over. He's active on LinkedIn. Um, You can... um, grab hold of some information there, but do head across to yourbrandmarketing.com and keep in touch with Ben. Ben, thank you so much for for the generosity of your time. I really appreciate it. I know that your podcast is, is blowing up as well um, you're 160 episodes, I think now. Something like
1: that, about 160 episodes in somewhere. Guys, if
0: you want to tap into and listen to Ben, he does uh, an episode a week talking about branding and and literally asking people, what's your story and being able to get those stories out there. So mate, again, thank you for your time. I appreciate your story and uh, I wish you all the very, very best moving forward.
1: Walt, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for allowing me to be on your show. Had a lot of fun today.
0: Awesome, man. Hopefully we'll see you when you come down to Oz. Cheers, Ben. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. This is the Agency Bud system at agencybud.com. We're aiming to bring you the very best people to help you grow your digital agencies in the world. Plus, the Agency Bud system can add significantly to anybody's online business. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to speaking to you on the next episode.